0: I want you to get your notes out. We're going to go directly into the conclusion of this series that we've been ministering. We do a series every month here. You don't want to miss next month, next Sunday as we're going to do start a brand new series on my church. My, I mean, thank God for your church. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk to you about what is my church. What's the DNA of Transformation Church? Who are we and what's our mission? We're going to talk about that next month. It's going to be really powerful, but we're going to close out a series called Prayer Works. How many glad prayer still works? Amen. Anybody here a product of prayer? Yes, you are. You just didn't know it. Somebody was praying for you. Amen. And so I want to look at this today. Let's go right into our text that we've been using every week so far this month. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Last week we shared with you and we talked to you on the roar of the cross. And we shared with you that God gives us patterns on how to pray. That he gives us an example of how to pray and he gives us various patterns throughout the scripture. And we shared with you about the tabernacle prayer that the priest had an ultimate goal was to get through the tabernacle door, the eastern door, but his final spot that he was desiring to get to, destination, was the Holy of Holies, which represented the divine presence of God. And, And in that journey, he did not go from the door to the presence of God, there was a process, there were stops along the way. And we shared with you last week, his ultimate first goal was to get into the holy place. And the holy place is where the candlestick was, which represents the illumination of the Holy Spirit, of God's Word in our life. And it was the table of shoebread that represents God's provision through His Word in our life. And then there's the altar of incense, which represented worship, and that was His first destination, with His ultimate destination being the holy place, the holy of holies, the divine presence of God. But to get into that holy place, the first destination, He had to make a stop. And that stop was the brazen altar, which represented death. It represented the cross, that there had to be a sacrifice made for mine and your salvation. And how many appreciate the cross of Jesus, and as we preached last Sunday, what it means in mine and your life. And But then once he got through that, he's now in the holy place, and he's trying to get to his final destinations where I want to go today in this conclusion, which is the divine presence of God. And his stop there was a thing called the altar of incense. And it was a place that was set right before the veil that separated man from God because at that time man could not come into the very presence of God or he would die. There was a veil set there that separated the, the man from the presence of God that was, by the way, ripped in half when Jesus died on the cross, and it made access that we can now boldly come to the throne of grace and cry, Abba, Father. But that place of worship is what I want to talk to you about today, because it's a place where the priest would acknowledge God himself and offer up a praise to his name. And I want to talk to you today on the topic, the name of the Lord is, because when God, when Jesus spoke to the disciples and they asked him how to pray, he said, you pray in this manner our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That you learn to pray the names of Jesus. And then go in your notes to the scripture in Proverbs It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and there we are safe. And I want to talk to you today on the name of the Lord is. Because when you learn to pray, the names of Jesus, you are praying the character and the benefits of those names in your life. And I want to talk to you today and teach you a little bit on how to pray victorious in Jesus' name, amen? Because how many's found this out? If you don't have a plan of prayer, after about five minutes, you're asleep. Yeah. Come on, be honest. Or you're already thinking about the football game, or you're already on your family crisis, or you're already over here on your bills, if you don't have a plan of prayer, and every morning I have a plan for my prayer, if, if you're a business person or you go to work, if you don't have an agenda set forth before that day gets here, you're going to get nothing done. And it's the same way with our prayer life. If you don't have an agenda in your prayer, you'll spend time, about three-fourths of it will be doing nothing but just there, and you didn't produce anything. But if I'm going to take the time to do it, let's get some production from it. Amen? That it'll change us and change the needs of those that are around us. And so he said, when you pray, pray our Father. And in that, we're bringing in the names of God. And then he said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, the believers run to it. And there we are safe. So I want to take you on a journey on the names of God and what do they mean to you in prayer. Number one... God is my righteousness. God, the name God, means my righteousness. The word righteousness means to be made morally right or justifiable, just as if I had never sinned. Jeremiah puts it like this. It's in your notes. In his day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which we will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. And then if you go to Philippians chapter 3, the apostle Paul says, And being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And what we're really doing is when I begin to pray, and I do this every morning in my prayer, is that I started off by honoring his name and I thank you God that today you are my righteousness and that you justify me just as if I had never sinned. I get to boldly come to your throne today and call you my father just as if, how many's glad today that, that when you come to God you don't have to bring all your past mistakes and failures and mess ups and sins and disappointments and hurts but I get to come to you today and declare that you are the righteousness of my life, that you that knew no sin, you became sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I thank you today, Jesus, that you bore my sins on your body on the cross and that you now have taken my sins upon you so that I can possess your righteousness in me and I can boldly come to Jesus just if I had never sinned. Come on, folks, that's worth coming to church for right there. Because if you don't get that one, the rest of them mean nothing. But how many glad today that God's not holding you, your sins against you, and neither is he holding the penalty and consequences of your sin against you today? Because it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who now lives inside of me. Come on, how many glad you're not the same person you used to be? How many glad you don't have to carry the burden of that old person you used to be? Because some of us used to be some stuff. But thank God today we get to stand justified just as if I had never done wrong in my life because of your righteousness, not mine. And Father, I thank you today. The name of the Lord is my righteousness. And today I get to stand up free in your name and who you are. Number two, the name of the Lord, the Bible tells us, is my sanctifier. The name of the Lord is my sanctifier. Sanctified means to be set apart by God. Leviticus says, consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And the word there means to set apart. How many's glad that God took you from where you were and set you apart and made you somebody brand new? Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, my Lord, that we realize today that how many tried to fix it over here without God? Come on. How many, how many tried that? You went to professionals. You got doctors. You got psychiatrists. You paid crazy people to try to fix you. Because most of those professionals I met need a professional. But just one moment at the cross of Jesus, just one moment in the Word of God, just one moment with the love of God and His grace in my life, He set me apart. I'm not everything I want to be yet, but I've been set apart so that I could. can become that person that I want to be in Christ Jesus. And in that setting apart, there's a fourfold blessing that comes on our life. Number one, Father, is I thank you today that you've sanctified me. You've set me apart so that I can know you, that I can know God in my personal life. I don't have to go to a confession booth to talk to a third party. I don't have to go to a pastor to get to you. I don't need a third party in my life, though I will use them at times as a support. But father, I get access to you today. God, I get to know you personally. I don't have to know you through somebody else. I get to know God today. Come on, how am glad you know that God knows your name. And and then God, you set me apart so that I can find freedom in my life. That now that I'm saved, I'm set apart, you wanna move me into a lifestyle of freedom. That old things are passed away. Everything's becoming new. That that old man that I used to be is not who I am today. You're freeing me from anger. You're freeing me from habits. You're freeing me from addictions. You're freeing me from an old lifestyle. I thank you that you're setting me apart. That you're still loosening me and freeing me from those hurts and those offenses that have controlled me all of my life. Thank you, God, that in your name, you're sanctifying me and setting me apart, that I don't have to live under that same mind control that I used to be, that same habit that used to own me. But today, I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. I thank you that your freedom is real. I thank you, God, that in setting me apart, I get to discover my purpose in you, that I'm not an accident on this world. I'm not a nobody. I'm a somebody. I'm not the tail. I'm the head. I'm not a a victim. I'm a victor because I'm discovering my purpose in this world, that I'm not the one that needs the help all the time. I'm now the helper of somebody else that needs some help. I'm not the one that needs healing right now. I'm the one you're going to use to heal somebody else that's in trouble. I'm not the one needing a check. I'm the one that's going to write a check for somebody else because you provide. I thank you, God, that you set me apart, that I know you, that you're freeing me, and I'm discovering my purpose so that now I can go make a difference and impact the life. Come on, somebody. That's better than a psychiatrist's chair. And it's all found in just one name, the name of Jesus, who's my sanctifier. Number three, he's my healer. His name, my God, my healer. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes. Now, always know there's a prerequisite to the blessing. You don't live like the devil and get the blessings of the God. (laughs) I got a few claps and about two amens and a whole lot of oohs. I didn't say perfect. I said a heart that's perfect toward God. He said, "If you listen carefully, notice what he said, there listen carefully. Don't, don't be misled by people out there that says you can live like you want to." He said, "Listen carefully to the Lord your God, and do what is right in His eyes. If you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you and of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you." And what God is saying there, and everybody look at me for a second, the wages of sin is still death. And if you live in the world and you live under your own rules and outside the word of God, there's there's a judgment, there's a wrath, there's a consequences that come upon disobedience to the word of God. And one of them are sickness and diseases. But God said, if you honor my word, if you walk in my word, he said, I'm not going to allow the diseases and the sicknesses of that world that has been birthed out of their disobedience, touch those that's walking in obedience to my word. Come on, that's good preaching right there. That, that they don't have a hold on you. And we're testimony in this church right now of God's miraculous power. In the eight o'clock service, we had David Daly that was here. He had two massive heart attacks in the last week and a half. The doctor said, there is absolutely no reason that you're alive. But he was with us in our church service this morning and worshiping God with both hands raised in the air because prayer still works and God's still a healer. Mo. Mo, who's in the back right now with our children, diagnosed with Lyme disease for nine years, couldn't lift up his body, couldn't hardly walk, much less run. He's riding a bicycle now because God's just touched and healed his body. And the list goes on and on and on. Come on, how many in here is a testimony of God, the healer? Come on, anybody with me? God is our healer and God's saying when you pray, I want you to pray it. I want you to declare my name. If sickness has come against you, if disease has come against you, and I want to speak this to some of you right now, that if diabetes or blood issues or heart issues or cancer or anything's been constantly attacking your body, it may be a genetic thing in your family. I want you every morning to begin to declare the name of Jesus, that you are my healer, and I declare your name over my body. I declare your name over my family. I. Declare I declare your name over this generational curse. It will no longer own or control the lineage of my household. But I declare the name of Jesus. I speak life over my body. I declare death has to leave and life will be birth. I declare strength in my limbs. I declare wholeness in my body. I declare I'm the temple of God and I'm gonna be well and whole by your name, by your stripes. You were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon you, but by your stripes, I am healed. And I declare your name over my body in Jesus' name. Come on, folks. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. That's power in his name. I pray that every day because I plan on doing this for a while. And if it ain't in this pulpit, it'll be on the street somewhere. There's another generation coming up, going to take you where I can't take you. But I'm going to be in an altar praying for them while they get you there. Amen. amen. But we ain't quitting. There's no retiring in this, folks. We're going, I'm going to outlive Abraham. Hey, amen. You want, well, no, I don't want to live that long. But anyway, forgot how long he lived. But while I'm here, I want to be healthy. How about you? Amen. I want to be productive. And God wants you to be. Start praying his name over yourself. God is my provider. His name means my. That's his name. That's his name, folks. These aren't words. That's his name. God, my provider. Jehovah-Jireh. Genesis says, So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And if you know the story, Abraham was God's chosen one to lead the nation of Israel. He's the father of the nation of Israel. And God put a call on him, and God said, I want to test your faith. I want you to offer your son Isaac on the altar to me and show me your dedication to me. And you got to remember that Abraham and his wife Sarah, she was barren. They couldn't have a son. They couldn't have a child. But God miraculously gave them Isaac. And now God's saying, I want him back. But God had made a covenant promise with Abraham through your seed, through your son, I'm going to bless the nations of the earth. Abraham had already received a covenant word from God. So in his heart and mind, he already knew one or two things was about to happen. Either God was going to provide another ransom, another sacrifice, or God was going to resurrect his son right after this life was taken because he had already made him a promise that through Isaac, the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. That can't happen with him dead. And so Abraham's got the knife in the air, ready to take the life of his son, and all of a sudden, he heard the ruckus, and he looked over, and there's a lamb, a ram, caught in the bushes, and God made the sacrifice provided that would be offered on the altar, and his son lived, and that's why you and I are here today. And I want to tell you, he's still, that mountain still exists in mine in your life today, the Lord of the mountain, the provider on that mountain. And I want to tell you, the writer put it like this, I've been young, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the writer righteous forsaken or seed out begging for bread. And I want to tell you today, God is still the provider of your life. It'll come times that you can't find him. You'll think he failed. There's moments in your life, and I need to speak this to some of you right now, because you've tithe, you've given, you've prayed, you've Committed your life to God, and yet you haven't seen that miracle breakthrough come through for you. But I want to tell you keep praying, keep praising, keep declaring His name. You are my provider. That mountain of God still rests and exists in my life. You're going to come through in Jesus' name. It was just a couple years ago on a Sunday morning, just like this, that I was preaching a message. And God stopped me in my spirit. I felt to stop. And I began to speak to this congregation. Because at that time, we, we had like half this church unemployed. It was when the economy was just at rock bottom. I could call a work day here and I'd have 40 men show up. I called one months ago when we had like three and I got a little upset. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, where's all of our men? And Brad said, they've got a job like you pray. I said, Cool. I forgot. They're at work. But in that Sunday, God spoke through my heart, and I challenged the people of this church, and I said, if you've lost your job, if you're unemployed, if you've lost your ability to drive because of a past DUI, or anything has stopped you from progressing into God's favor and blessing on your life, I want you to come forward. There's about 50 people walked up in this altar. And God spoke a word over them. I'm here before God as a witness. Within two weeks, we did not know one person that came to that altar that day that did not have a job. Amen. But one young man stood right here. It happened to be my son-in-law, Phil. He's back there. He's a witness of what I'm going to say right now. He didn't just pray. He spoke to me. and Because he, he had just lost his job because of something that happened in his past. And the devil's trying to use it against him. That can minister somebody in here. That's why I even mentioned that because the devil's lying to some of you that your past is gonna haunt you the rest of your life, and that's a lie of the enemy. And you need to get that out, and I'm gonna talk to you about that one in a minute. But Phil stood right here, and here's what he said to me. He said, Pastor, I'm believing God for a job that's gonna pay me double the income I was making, it's gonna provide me full benefits, and it's gonna provide me a vehicle every year and pay all my gas. I'm standing here like, you asking a lot, bro. <laughs> Woo! It wasn't a couple weeks later, he had a job paying him double income, full benefits, new vehicle every year, and gas. And he's still working it right now. Am I telling the truth? Why? Because you pray to the provider. You are my provider. Come on, somebody in here. I want you to begin to pray it every morning. You are the provider, and I thank you for the provision that you bring into my life every day. He's God, my banner, my banner of victory. My banner of victory. Exodus says, Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. Deuteronomy says, he shall say, here Israel, today you're going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies. To do what? To give you Victory. I pray that every morning. I thank you for the victory. I thank you today that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I thank you today that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I have victory in your name today. You're a banner over me. Before Israel had the Iron Dome, they had the dome of a covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I want to tell you today that there's a spiritual dome that covers you and I today. It's a banner of victory that no weapon the enemy brings against you today has the authority to to prosper in your life. And I thank you today, God, that there's victory in your name. And I'm gonna walk in that victory today. I'm gonna look for that victory today. I'm gonna expect that victory in my life today. I'm no longer going backwards. I'm no longer gonna let the enemy lie to me. I'm no longer gonna live in my past. I'm no gonna let things haunt me. I'm no gonna let those negative words that were spoken over me as a child have any root in my mind or my spirit. I'm not gonna let those that have told me I'll never be anything gonna have any word in my life. I'm not listening to that banker that's saying I'm losing everything. I'm not listening to that doctor that says my family's gonna die. I'm not listening to that report. I'm not gonna hear that report. But I thank you today that you're the banner of victory in my heart. And in my life today, and I declare your victory. I declare your breakthrough. I declare your promises. I declare your word. I speak your name. You are the banner of victory over my life, and I declare that victory over my life today. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching again, aren't I? Two weeks in a row. I got to calm down. I'm sorry. If you're a guest, it's not usually this loud. God is my peace. I feel this, folks. This is more than a sermon today. This is life. This is life if you'll get it. He's my peace. Boy, can we use some of that today. But the Lord said to him, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. The Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians put it like this. Do not be anxious is our text. So I want to wait and come back to it. Do not be anxious for anything. Some of us need to circle that word and that word. Don't be anxious. Don't let anxiety grip you. Don't let fear get your heart. Don't let worry control you over anything. Now that was where some of you come to church for right there. You need to grab that because that's where the end, the battleground of the devil's your mind. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. We're going to do a whole series on that, probably eight weeks next year, on the battle of the mind. Because what you think, you are. I don't care what you speak, what you think. You say I'm okay, but if you're not thinking you're okay, you're not okay. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every circle that one too, situation, circle that one too. Why don't you just circle the whole thing? But prayer, by prayer, by prayer, prayer works. By prayer and petition, what's that? Asking God for what you need. Prayer's acknowledging his name. Prayer's acknowledging his lordship. Petition is now coming after acknowledging his name and his lordship in my life. Here's what I need from you, and follow that up with thanksgiving, I present my need to God. And when I do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You know what God's wanting to do in mind in your life today? He wants to put you in a mindset of peace that you can't even understand. That right now I ought to be filled with anxiety, but I just don't feel it. I don't know why I'm not nervous right now, but I'm really not. I don't know why that doctor's report is just not eating me up and keeping me awake at night, but I'm sleeping well. It goes beyond my understanding because he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And God's saying that I'll, keep your, that I'll give you peace that transcends your understanding and it's gonna guard your heart. He's going to put a guard at your, an angel, a, a stronghold at your heart that that fear, that worry cannot penetrate and your mind that the devil can't keep speaking that lie to you because God's going to block it off because the peace of God, here's how the scripture says it later on. The peace of God will soon crush Satan under your feet. It didn't say God's feet, said your feet. The peace of God will soon, crush, some of you just need to get your spiritual shoes on and do some that now you're not up here anymore. You don't operate up here anymore, because my mind has stayed on him. I'm in perfect peace. My circumstances hasn't changed, but my attitude has. My expectation has, because Jesus is my peace. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Come on, you know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Do you know there's three steps that the shepherd did in Psalms 23? Number one, he talks about when the sheep, let's go ahead and read it in Luke. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Does he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes, Home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. The scripture tells us three things. Number one is that the good shepherd, and when I'm praying every day, I pray this prayer, and I thank you that you're my good shepherd today. I thank you the one that covers me and watches over me because there's a threefold promise in this scripture. Number one is that he searches for the lost. How many knows today you didn't find God. God looked you up because you were running from God when he found you. Come on, let's be honest in here, right? I'm cursing him and he's chasing me down. <laughs> to the point he said, If you make your bed in hell, I'll get you there. You can't outrun that prayer of your mom and daddy. That grandma's calling your name. You can't outrun my spirit. You can't outrun my grace. You can't outsend my love. That's a good God to have on your side. He searched for us, and then he finds us. He finds us and he gathers us to himself and he holds us and he carries us when we couldn't walk ourselves and he brings us home. Back to the family. How I mean, is glad you got a shepherd like that? Amen. And then he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and lie down there represents rest. I mean, if you could use a little of that right now? You need to pray rest over your life. I've been doing this specifically in the last 21 days of this prayer. And, and I'm eating different, but it's not really that, that I'm praying this specific prayer as I want to sleep. I haven't slept over four to five hours a night in over 20 years until the last 21 days. She has to wake me up now because I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept in over 20 years, because I've been specifically praying, because I need to be healthy and strong, and my mind needs to be clear where this church is about to go. And I can't lead this church with an exhausted body. And, and we're working 12, 15-hour days over there on the new building. I'm going home exhausted, but I'm sleeping good because I've been praying that sleep over my body because you're my shepherd and you said that I will lay down in green pastures, that there will be rest for my mind and my body and my soul. And some of you aren't sleeping at night because your mind's not free. But when the shepherd shows up, And you lead me into green pastures. You know what that means? Because the shepherd always moved the sheep because the sheep would eat the grass down to the ground and there'd be nothing but dirt. And they would move them to another field so that the new sprouts of fresh tender grass would come up because the shepherd did not want the sheep eating the old dead grass because it would tear up their intestines and their stomach. They needed that fresh sprout of new green tender grass to nourish their body and function. And God's saying, I'm not bringing you to an old word. I'm gonna bring you to a new word. I want to bring you to new pastors, a fresh rhema word. I've got a new season for you. I've got a new season in your life. I don't want you to keep reliving the old. I want you to live the new. I've got a brand new pastor. Some of you need to grab that word right now. God's saying, I want to take you out of that old lifestyle. I want to take you out of that old mindset. I've got a new pastor over here that I want to lead you to. And I want you to feed on a fresh word, manna from heaven in your life today. He's our shepherd. And last of all, he's the God who's always there. Oh, man, aren't you glad? Can you imagine living today without God and all that's going on in our society today? Can you imagine waking up, not having God on your side? He's a God who's always there. Ezekiel said, in the name of the city, the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and the new earth, the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Joshua put it like this. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You see, regardless of what you read on the news, don't panic. Don't, don't panic. Regardless of what doctor says to you, don't panic regardless of whatever reports you get, don't panic because I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's a promise from God. How many's found out that you'll find God the most in your darkest places in life? That when you felt the most alone is when he showed up. Let me tell you a quick secret here. The moment the devil thought he had won, the moment that he declared to all the powers of hell, we did it, was the moment he lost the most. He just didn't know it yet. Because three days later, that same Jesus that he said, I killed him like I told you I was going to, walked down the corridors of hell, took that foot that had been bruised or that heel that had been bruised and he crushed the head of Satan himself, took from him the keys of death, hell and the grave and gave authority back to the church to live in total victory over every attack and lie of the enemy in your life. He's the God, the banner of victory in mind in your life today. I heard a true story this week, it just happened. A lady was in line at a department store and and she was behind a lady and there was a young man on the cash register and he was fumbling and he was having trouble and it wasn't working for him and he was breaking down, just a young boy. And the lady was just berating him, like, come on, you've got to get it together and da-da-da, just, just yelling at him, by the way, don't do that. You don't know what they're going through. And then this young man was there and he's just losing it and the lady just keeps berating. She's calling for a manager and calling him stupid and dumb, can't do it and all this stuff and... And, and the lady behind her was a Christian lady and she was trying to calm her down and, and she wasn't getting it. So she started talking to the young man. It's okay, young man, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And he's still freaking out until now he's breaking out in tears and he's crying uncontrollably. And she comes around the counter and puts her hands on this young man and looks him in the eye and goes, it's okay, it's gonna be okay. And he said, no, ma'am, it's not okay. He said, this morning, my mama committed suicide. It's not okay, ma'am. And I have to be at work today because I've got to keep a roof over my little brother and sister, and I don't know what to do. But in that boy's darkest moment, God had already signed an angel to be in line, to embrace him, and to comfort him in that hour because he's a banner of victory. He's a God who's always there. He'll never leave you in your darkest, most painful moment in your life. When you feel the most abandoned, he's always there. He's always there. He's always there. And it came to me out of the blue this week. It just came to me and I've been singing it every day and they're the real singers. Shirley's going to help me. But I've been singing this song every day.
1: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow Do that today.
0: Can I tell you today, there's power in the name of Jesus. Stand with me. I don't normally have you stand, but I feel to do this today because I don't know what you brought in this building. I don't know what battle you walked in here with. I don't know the struggle that's in your heart. I don't know the conflict that's in your spirit. But I know that God ordains you to be here today to hear this simple word, to know that there's still power in the name of Jesus, and God's got your back. God's got your back today, and he also has your deliverance and your answer. And as a Christian, I wanna pray over you right now that God will let his word perform in your life. If you're here right now in one of these areas that you need the name of Jesus working on your behalf, Would you just hold a hand up right now as a believer or Christian? There's an area right now I need God to show up in my life and I'm gonna declare his name. I'm gonna declare his word. And Father, right now, I speak over this congregation as their pastor. I declare the word of God to perform on their behalf. I declare your name is the name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every spirit, every power must bow to that name. And so God, we declare life we declare freedom, we declare healing, we declare provision, we declare peace, we declare salvation, we declare God victory, we declare, Father, every promise that we find in your name, we declare and we speak it forth over our life today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we declare it forth and we give you thanks. We pray. We give our petition and we offer our thanksgiving unto you today in Jesus' name. Come on, can you thank him with me before we close? Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. With every head bowed, I'm gonna ask you to lower your hands just for a moment. If you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, it's kind of new for me today. This is different, maybe different church than I'm used to, but I don't understand everything, but I do know what I feel is real because it it is very much real because Jesus' love is very real and he loves you today and if you're here right now you say, Pastor Dan, I'm in a place in my life that I'm just not happy with I'm not a bad person, I'm just not in a good place spiritually and I'm ready to make some decisions and choices with my life and today I realize that I need God in my life that's where it starts, I need Jesus I need a new start, a new beginning pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. You're really raising your hand so God knows that you, you acknowledged him today and you need him. Would you just slip a hand up and you can put it right back down while wow, there's about six, seven, eight hands going up right now. Anyone else before we pray? I just want to pray a prayer for you. If you raised your hand or you did not, maybe you're on live stream and you need to pray that prayer today. Maybe you need to make that decision. We want you to pray it right there with us, wherever you're at pray this prayer with us, church, as we pray it together. Say, Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved right now. I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead and I receive you Right now, as my Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name, I am a new person in Christ, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's let's celebrate.